Production design is no joke, and I want to learn all about it. Today I'm talking with someone who knows the triumphs and the anguish of exactly that here on On The Fly Filmmaking. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hey everyone, welcome back to On The Fly Filmmaking, and this week we're talking to production designer Gary Corden, like Jordan. That's me, yes. Yes, yes. welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here. It's your first time at Popcorn Talk, isn't it? I'm not leaving. Plus, I got popcorn. Yes, you asked for popcorn. You, he made a joke saying there's no popcorn yes. at Popcorn Talk, and it came in moments. And it's really good, too. Good. It's so, from one of those okay. like really classic mm-hmm. like movie popcorn machines. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So tell everyone uh, where they can find you on social media. I believe Instagram is your favorite. It's my I, favorite, I believe too. that Instagram has now become my favorite. Yes. Uh, Twitter makes me very sad. Okay. And um, I don't know why. Like, I just, you know. It's, I think we know why. Yeah. And, but <laughs> but I found that the community, anytime anyone says to me, oh, where can I reach you? I just say, like, send me a message on Instagram mm-hmm. because I find that artists sharing their work and me sharing my work visually without politics or any drama attached to it is the like the best part of my day yes. and a great way to communicate with people. Yeah, I feel like Instagram is generally more positive all around because mm-hmm. you're just sharing beautiful things. Sharing or, your art, sharing your food, mm-hmm. and sharing your vacations. Things that make you happy. Making people jealous. Awesome. So you can find Gary at Gary Corden on Instagram and Twitter, but find him on Instagram because right. he prefers that. And my website's there too. Yes. Just hanging out. People have websites still, right? Yeah, that, they still have thing. websites. Okay. And I'm Mary Lou Mandel. You can find me all over the internet at Mary Lou Mandel, and I will also post a recap of today's episode on my website, MaryLouMandel.com, so make sure you check that out. Oh, studio audience. Hey, look at everybody. Oh my gosh, guys. Thank you so much. Awesome. So we're talking to you about production design. You Mm -hmm. have worked on all sorts of shows, like Downward Dog. Uh, I recently started watching Adorable, Mm -hmm. uh, Workaholics, Key and Peele, and then Ghosted is something Mm -hmm. that's coming out. Coming up this year. Yes. October 1st. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what a production designer is. Um, a production designer is the person who is usually the second or third person hired on the crew. And at that point, there is a script that's 30 pages long or 60 pages long, however long it is. And inside that script, there are probably 30 or 40 scenes. And those scenes say interior room, interior bar, interior house, interior basement. That's it. <laughs> and the rest is up to And you. I'm handed that script and told to envision and create and come up with this world. So, for example, I could tell you on Key and Peel, we would start the season and I'd be handed a binder with 86 sketches in it and being told that we would be shooting it in seven weeks. So we would do two a day, ten a week, week after week after week until they were finished. So my first thing that I would do is hire my team. And uh, my team has been with me forever. We're like family. So it's art directors, set decorators, graphic designers, all those people. We come up with the research. We come up with drawings and renders. We get the producers involved, the line producers who are in charge of the money involved. We start putting the world together, building the world, and setting it up on stage or location. And it's shot. And then it's struck, and it goes back in trucks, it goes back in the mill, it gets thrown in the garbage, you know, when it's really sad that you don't have to do that. Um, And then we do that day after day after day, so when you watch a movie or TV show and you see 37 scenes, those are 37 sets that Mm -hmm. the art department had to conceive, get approved, build on time, and and, uh, have on your screen. Yeah, it's so fascinating. So it's crazy. 
It's so fascinating, and, that, and that's something that we talk about here on On the Fly Filmmaking, is just to let everyone know, in production, in creating films or television, your web series, anything like that, there's so many pieces. Mm-hmm. It's not just the actor, it's not just the story. There's so many things, and it's, it's good for everyone to understand, if you're producing content, to learn a little bit about everything. And you also don't have to have it all on your shoulder. If you're producing content, whether you're a network like Amazon or ABC, or you're a web con- content person, you know someone who's great at hair, mm-hmm. that someone that's good at makeup, someone that is artistic and p- can pull something together for you. Reach out to those people, but treat them with the respect of having a meeting, bringing some pizzas to that meeting, mm-hmm. making sure they have a call sheet, making sure there's food on the day, because you probably can't pay them a lot of money, but if you supply them with some good food pizza. and say, well, pizza slows people down, it though. It slows them down, but it, it's, it's cheap and effective. Right. But, but it makes people options. feel special, and they, show, and they do a great job for you, so you don't have to carry the burden of... Um, your project on your shoulders, which I don't do either. I mean, Mm -hmm. people say, what is a production designer? Really, a production designer is someone who comes up with crazy ideas and draws them on paper, but has a crew of 30 to 70 people that are building it, dressing it, striking it, painting it. So I'm just really a department head who leads a crazy team of artists that build all the sets for TV shows. Yeah, so much of creation in all sorts is a collaborative effort. So Absolutely. Be good to your people. Work together. You don't have to do it all. I could go on and on about it. We could do a whole other show on be good to your people. Be good to your people. That's, yeah. like, that's a side episode yeah. that we'll do. So <laughs> as far as production design or art department, how does somebody get into that field? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that... Um, it's a good question because I didn't know that it actually existed as a job when I was a teenager or in my early 20s. So I was in high school and, and even younger, drawing all the time, really interested in art, wearing black clothing, <laughs> listening to crazy music. My friends were sort of on the fringes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I always thought, like, well, I don't want a real job when I grow up. And then you have your parents and people like that telling you, well, you have to get a real job. And so I went to art school because that's what you do. And uh, I'm in art school, and I'm studying fine arts and illustration. And there was a class that was canceled one day, and it uh, was uh, on a bulletin board while I was walking around, an advertisement for internships at CBS. And at that moment, I had that click of like, wait a second, I'm, I'm not interested in a real job. I'm into the arts. I have opinions. I can work in television. And that job was at the Joan Rivers show, and I got the internship. Um, Joan and I immediately hit it off, and like two weeks into it, she's like, you're the kid from the art school. You should be in the art department. Yes. So my, to answer your question, if you want to get into it, do it. Mm-hmm. Tell people what you want to do. I want to work in film and television. Reach out to anyone you can, whether it's online or sending someone an email through IMDb or their website, and say, I'm a kid who wants to be in film and television, and you may not even belong in the art department. So I tell people, get a job as a PA on any project that you can. doesn't matter if it's a student film or a commercial or a music video. Be a PA, and that day, do the best job you can, be on time, but also observe every single person on the crew and say, who do I want to be in five years? Do mm-hmm. I want to be the cinematographer? Do I want to be the producer? Do I want to be the writer? Do I want to be art department? And gravitate towards that and try to like make an impression on those people. And you may not belong in the art department. 
you know, you may belong in costumes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 art artistic, but a different direction. Totally. So the way to get into it is to decide that you're going to get into it and be ready to work sixty or seventy hours a week, and be ready to work for free or work for like fifty dollars a day and not grumble about that because fifty dollars. Like when I started my that first job at the Joan River Show, um, I made three hundred and twenty-five dollars a week. Before taxes, and it was sixty hours a week, and I commuted into New York City, and like, you know, you want to die, but that's the foundation. Yes, for meeting the people and understanding where you fit into the industry, that then leads to being a department head and a, and a production designer. Yeah, I think that's wonderful advice, and that's a, a common theme from talking to other production people. Is that in film, if you want to work in film, you don't know everything that you can do because mm-hmm. you don't see all the pieces until you get in there. So I think it's really great advice to start as a PA, mm-hmm. learn everything. Or an intern. Mm-hmm. Or you intern. Know, um, I, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that um, a lot of people that are in my crew uh, today that are department heads are people that started as an intern or a PA and then they became a art department coordinator then they became a buyer, then they became a set decorator, then they became an art director, and then they became a production designer. And that takes five or six or seven or eight years. You never know, but that's the foundation that you have to do because you can't just jump in and assume that you know everything because there's too much to know. There's too much to know. And by the way, I don't know everything, but I'm lucky enough to have a strong crew around me that what I don't know, they know. Good. Yeah. Good. Wonderful, wonderful advice. Oh, cool. I love that, and... That is something that we've heard from like the VFX guys that we talked to last week and like mm-hmm. lots of people in production mm-hmm. and myself included. Like mm-hmm. when I first moved to LA, I was an extra and I it, you know, like you, you do your job as the extra because I couldn't get in as a PA because I didn't go to film school. Mm-hmm. And all the film like the PA jobs were going to the film school mm-hmm. kids. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll go be an extra and just learned a little bit about what everyone was. And they're like, What's this girl doing? And I'm like asking the lighting guy, I was like, What is that thing? Yeah. And they're like a keynote flow. Yeah. Oh, and you're interested? Oh, well yeah. you should talk to the producer because mm-hmm. we're hiring PAs on our next project. Exactly. You know, that's the other dirty secret that mm-hmm. probably people don't want to hear. But the but the fact is you don't have to go to college. No. The truth is if you should go to college if you really want that experience. And maybe you're getting tons and tons of pressure from your family or your peers. But the truth is, if you're feeling like, I love making videos at home, I have my own rig, I edit them, I put them up on YouTube, I put them up on Vimeo, people seem to like them. The truth is that you may um, be sidelined in a way by stepping back and going into the college system, and you may be better off by just starting to call yourself a producer or calling yourself a director, Mm -hmm. calling yourself a production designer, and uh, and doing it. So what I tell people is, if you're going to move to L.A. and you think you're the coolest person in your hometown and you're the filmmaker and everybody knows you as, like, you know, Martin Scorsese or, or, mm-hmm. or Tim Burton, that's great. You should move here and do that. But at the same time, you should be a PA mm-hmm. on a real job mm-hmm. making $10 an hour and working 70 hours a week so that... On that set, you're the cool young PA who is a filmmaker, who's doing their own thing, who's making stuff happen. But at the same time, you're showing people that are on real big shows and big jobs that you're capable of working hard. Because what will happen, and it happens every time, is about six months into it, when they trust you, they will say, let's give that kid a shot. Yes. Let's oh, we're shooting something on the weekend? Let's let him do it. Because let's give him a camera and, and, and give him a chance. And then all of a sudden, 
you as who you were back home mm -hmm. and who you are in LA starts to even out a little bit. Yes. Yes. And then the next thing you know, you're being asked by someone on the weekend, shoot that project. Maybe that project gets picked up or gets distributed. And all of a yeah. sudden you have a credit, a real credit in LA mm -hmm. and you didn't even go to college. Right. And now you're, now you're working. So, now you're working. Now you're in, you're in the machine. Yeah. Welcome to the machine of exactly. Los Angeles. And then no, no, no vacations. No. Say goodbye to your vacations. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, those like fun little things you do on the weekend or like, <laughs> No. The weddings you get invited to, say goodbye to those because 25 years will pass and yes. you'll be like, I haven't stopped working. I can't yes. believe this. But you've had so many awesome experiences. So yeah. as far as uh, young folks and, and telling them, you know, go be an intern. Like they came, they were hot shot in their town. They come to L.A., mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily want to start as a PA because they think that they've already made it. Mm -hmm. uh, why do you think that is? Um, well... I, I was telling somebody earlier, I love these studios. They're really, really cool. When I was uh, in my early 20s, I had a public access show mm -hmm. because there was no such thing as the internet. No, yes. but there was no such thing as doing this kind of thing. And so you get this ego of like, look what I did. Look what I can create. Look what I can make. And I don't want to be told by the old people who have been doing it forever that I have to make my show look like a Disney show or mm -hmm. I have to make my show look like a network show. I want to be a renegade. I want to be, I want to be that guy. And what I tell those people is, you, because the truth is, you can do that. But if, as long as you're calling yourself a director. So if I met you on the street and I, and I said, what do you do? I said, well, I just moved to L.A. Um, I'm a director of my own shorts and I'm working on Modern Family. Oh, yeah, what do you do there? Oh, I'm a PA. That's awesome, man. So what about these shorts that you're doing? Yes. So as long as you're balancing the... Um, who you are and what you believe in as a filmmaker, whether it's a production designer or a director, and, and doing your own thing on the weekends and at nights and staying up late and doing them with your friends, but also working within the industry to learn mm -hmm. what a grip does, what the craft service person does, what budgets are. You know, the, 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 the issue about being your own person and your own director is nobody's giving you notes. Yes. So you're making this cool indie short for, that's 20 minutes long and you do it on the weekends. You're the boss. No one is giving you notes. No one, is, no one is telling you no. There's a real value in working on a TV show and being told, that's not right. We want it this way. Here's some notes. And being able to digest them, process them, and make them good. And then that, in turn, influences your own work and makes what you do in the future so much better. Yes. And exactly what you were saying, where it, it will eventually even out. It, it does. And I can tell you dozens and dozens of examples of, like, if, if, if there's anybody listening or watching this saying like, well, I live in Kansas and I love shooting my own stuff and my family loves it, but I can never make it in LA. I can give you dozens of examples of people that I have met because those people reached out to me and I said, meet this person, talk to this person, do this. And they are currently in the union working on television shows and movies and whether they're department heads or whatever they're doing, they just decided to, to, to do it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and a lot of it, I think, is, is, is definitely vocalizing and visualizing what it is that you want to do. So you are what you tell people you are. Mm -hmm. And you know what happens to a lot of people, too, is I see it all the time. They, 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 they want to be a director or a costume designer or, a, or, a, or a, uh, a producer or a writer. They move to L.A., they get a job at a, as a PA, and then for some reason they sort of stall. Mm -hmm. That's it. I always tell people, like, you really shouldn't be a PA for more than two times in your career. Mm -hmm. You should be a PA to learn. The second time you're a PA, you're sort of figured out, like, I'm going to be a PA on the show and I'm going to move up. 
Yep. Um, no matter what, I'm moving up. I'm not going to be a PA anymore. And then you move into production management, being an APOC, mm -hmm. working in the costumes department, whatever you're doing. Um, you you need to dive in, but have your eye on the prize of who am I going to be mm -hmm. in five years? Who on this crew? Whose job do I want? Yes. that's your goal. You, that's what I think. And then you find that person and you learn from them. And everybody wants to mentor. Everyone You'd be wants so to. So surprised, it's. It's it's not as scary as you think. Mm -hmm. Everybody my age who has been doing it for as long as I have is so eager to mentor people that are getting in the industry. And the simple reason is because I started, I didn't know anybody in the industry. My family didn't know anybody. I moved to New York. I was in art school studying fine arts. And the next thing you know, I was doing this, this, this. And if it weren't for the mentors and the people that took me out to dinner and mm -hmm. told me what I was doing wrong and, and helping me when I was in my early 20s, there's absolutely no way I'd be Mm -hmm. sitting on popcorn talk with you. With me. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You've made it. <laughs> I've made it. And the popcorn is still good. <laughs> then, so, like, you're saying with people... <laughs> wow. Every time I say popcorn in the studio, I, do I need to it. throw this out to people? Go like ahead. Just... To the audience. They love it. Yeah. They love it out there. <laughs> There's two sad people sitting in a chair <laughs> right there. Those are your friends. They are. They're not even clapping. You know, they're on their phones the whole time. Oh, my gosh. They're taking pictures of you. <laughs> they're taking pictures of you. So then my, my next question for you is, so people, you're saying, like, when you're in your 20s, or you just, like, come out here and start. But what if you're, your 20s, you spent kind of stuck mm -hmm. in being a PA or stuck, and now you're now in your 30s. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I think I want to do this. Can they still move up and do the same thing? Well, there is, I'll be honest with you, there is a little bit of ageism mm -hmm. where it's like the first reaction that people will have is, well, why are you just figuring this out now? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also when you get in your 30s, you, listen, production hours are brutal. They are, no joke. Like your, your call time is 7 a.m., you get off set at 8.30, you're commuting home, you're going to bed, and then the next morning you're, maybe you're commuted, your call time is 7 a.m. again, and you're doing that day after day, mm -hmm. and then it starts to shift to nights, and by Friday you're wrapping at 2 a.m., then you're back on set at 7. So by the time you're in your 30s, very often people are in relationships, maybe they're getting married, they're mm -hmm. like, gee, why don't I own a house yet? Where's my kid? Yes. All of that stuff starts to creep in, and so you get to the point where maybe production hours aren't the best for you. Maybe I want to go a corporate route. Mm -hmm. So I've seen people... People, and by the way, I'm not discouraging anyone yeah. not in their 20s from like jumping in and being a PA and, and moving up. But there are other options for people. I've seen peop just as many people that I've discussed with you today go more into the corporate side mm -hmm. where they're like a agent's assistant. Yes. And the next thing you know, they are in development at a network. And the next thing you know, they're, you know, they were an intern three years ago and now they're showing up in their Audi. And sitting in the director's chair and eating all the good craft service while I'm still, you know, sweating with my crew on set. And it's like, wow, look at that person. They yeah. went, they're now the head of development at Showtime. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and so five years ago, yeah, there's so many routes you can go. I love it, that. I always look at it like there's a difference between people who like to be sweaty and gross and wearing black clothes and sort of like cantankerous that are on set. And then the executives who show up in their fancy cars and eat the craft service and sit in the director's chairs and wear nice clothes. Like, yes. there's there's two ways you can go. Mm -hmm. Now I'm choking on the popcorn. Yeah, because you're like, I didn't get to wear a pretty suit just to work today. <sighs> okay. Awesome. So, <laughs> speaking of uh, different routes that things can happen, mm -hmm. as far as um, we learned about career routes, I want to know exactly about production timelines. So, like, in your job, different mm -hmm. routes that things can happen. So, 
we were talking before the show, when you get a production designer job, you mm-hmm. typically will get a script, mm-hmm. right? And then after that, you have to download it and design it. So mm-hmm. we had, uh, from your Instagram, a timeline of sketch to screen mm-hmm. for a piece from Key and Peele. Okay. So let's talk about that one. So it's a Superman bed. Oh, okay. That yes. um, they so have. That was sort of season three of uh, Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, we when you watch Key and Peele, we shot two sketches a day. So when you in the morning see aerobics workout mm-hmm. and then you see Obama in the la- afternoon, that's one day's worth of work, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. So we're doing... Multiple, multiple, multiple sketches all throughout Los Angeles on sound stages on location, and uh, the Superman bed. Oh, there, yeah, there's my sketch, sketch in it. the mm-hmm. moleskin. So the way that comes together is, we're scouting. We're talking about the sketch. We're talking about the sketch that's coming up where uh, Wendell is in his Superman bed and he's calling uh, someone. And I have a brief window to sort of like sketch something really fast, shove it in the director's face, shove it in Jordan Keegan's face and the showrunners and say, this is sort of what I'm thinking. Is this what you're thinking? Good. You like it? Great. Now I consider that an approval. Mm-hmm. So now I'm doing a render, figuring it out um, sort of architecturally. I'm getting the set deck, set deck department involved in how the room will be dressed. I'm talking to locations and locations is finding a location uh, that we will shoot that in. And we shot that in a sound stage um, called Riverfront okay. over in East L.A., um, I'm talking to the producer about how much this Superman bed is going to cost. And um, uh, and then, you know, if I'm lucky, I'm thinking about when I once I build it, how the heck am I going to get it into the set? How does it fit through the door and all that kind of stuff? Yes. So the, the drawings then move on to um, renders, and then the renders help everybody know what we're going to do, mm-hmm. sort of sketch up renders. And renders are going to be, like, are they computer generated? Yeah, they're computer generated sketch up full color renders, which mm-hmm. allows the construction department to build the set, the set decoration department know where the shelves are and things like that. It allows the shop that's building the Superman bed to bid it out and say that it's going to cost like six grand to mm-hmm. build that. The, C- the Universal did our... Um, all the uh, custom bedding mm-hmm. that looks like Superman so you have to design all the pillowcases and all that kind of stuff and that needs to get a bid you need to you know you're handing that to your producer and saying I know that our budget per <laughs> sketch is like $3,500 however look how amazing this is going to be I've already showed it to Jordan Keegan they love it we got to find the money for it. And so you sort of sit in their office and you beg and you plead. You get a little angry. And somehow they find, they magically find the money. And now you're off and running. You're building it. You're loading it into set. And you're shooting it. Now the real tragedy behind that, uh, and, you know, so there it is, unlit, before Jordan is sitting on it. If you notice, it's cracked in the middle because the character he's playing is heavy. So he broke Uh his bed. Um, You know, we, um, we got permission because... What another major element of art, going back to what we were saying before about people doing their own things, is a major issue in the art department is clearances. We have to get permission to do everything. Mm -hmm. So, like when you see a painting or a magazine or a logo or a word or a font or anything on a television show or movie, it has to be cleared and we have to get permission to use it. So, we have to get permission to depict Superman in that way and to show the the, the headboard yep. and to have the colors in that way and once we got permission we ran with it and there's um, there's Wendell Jordan <laughs> in his fat suit um, in the Superman bed and another big tragedy about working in the art department is that so we shot that wrapped it at 1201 went to lunch by one o'clock it was on a truck 
I'm calling the producer saying, what should we do with the Superman bed? Well, we're never going to use it again. Should we store it? It costs too much to store it. And it went in the garbage. Oh. So that's the other thing you have so to get used to about like your passion and your, your, your art and, mm-hmm. and the, the, the creation of all this work disposable. is that it ends up in dumpsters or stored in some yeah. awful warehouse but in immortalized North LA. on the internet but immortalized immortalized on the internet yes yes so yeah. at least you have that everyone says oh you should have kept that I'm like where am I going to put yeah, that yeah exactly like for, for years and years like an entire career of stuff where are you going to keep this yeah, like exactly. warehouse yeah. in Los Angeles and, you know at least like with I think about that with theater sets because I started in college in theater and you know you have to work on stage and off stage like building sets and all that and we would build these like really amazing things and then they would just go away yeah and it was a Stage production, so it's not even you might not even have right. photos of yeah, it. Yeah, just the people just that gone. sat in the audience. Said, like, oh, yeah. well, wow. I guess I'll paint another flat. Yeah, yeah, you have to like let go of. Well, you have to let go of projects. You know, I work on projects that get canceled all the time. Mm-hmm. Downward Dog was canceled. Yeah, oh, and unfortunate. they're trying to make it happen still. But, yeah, um, you know, you you really become you become part of the family. When you get that script and you read that script and you come up with the world and you decide what the colors are and what the sets are going to be and everyone loves it and you spend 70 hours a week with this family, with mm-hmm. this crew away from your, your people and then the show goes away and it gets edited and then it premieres and you're so proud of it and you're telling all your friends and you're putting it on Facebook and then the rev- you know people write crappy stuff on it about on Facebook or Variety or yes. it gets a bad review or your, your uncle's not my uncle, but somebody's uncle says, like, I watched your show. Not too funny, is it? You know, like, or just something terrible. People don't realize <laughs> yeah. that it, that was a year of your life. Mm-hmm. And then it gets canceled, and you go on deadline, and these people write the worst. If you want to feel really bad about yourself, announce one of your projects on deadline. <laughs> and it's dozens of people saying, looks like a winner. I won't be watching that. Another failure. Uh. Canceled in three episodes. And you're like... I. You don't understand. I just put a year into this, and it's actually good. You need to give it a chance. Yes. So, like, there's also a lot of that emotion that even after 20-some years of doing this, mm-hmm. I still haven't let go of. Right. Because they're like babies, each yeah. one of these shows. Yeah, and, and it's, like, I, you feel like that because it's not even just the project, but all the people that you've brought in that you've mm-hmm. hired, and they're, like, their and livelihood. And believed in it. Livelihood. Of and we and believed in it. And it. Yes. Yeah. It's your art that you collaboratively worked on and mm-hmm. then it's gone. And yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, is it's this okay. water? Or but there's always a new one. <laughs> no. You can have more popcorn. Oh. Oh, <laughs> see. That's they, good. They're good with the sound effects in there today. <laughs> awesome. Well, then, uh, as far as your production timeline for this, so, so this Key and Peel one with the bed, right. how long did that take from like when they gave you the scripts to it being shot? So we were doing 86, we were prepping 86 sketches at one time mm-hmm. because we shot an entire season of Key and Peel in seven weeks. So much. And it's a sketch yes. show. So it's, it's you're not repeating so sets at all. So in one day, you're, you're scouting, budgeting, designing, building, prepping, and striking probably 14 Sets at one time. Yes, and so are you are you contracting those out to different houses, like fabrication houses? Yeah, so town? like union houses. That, that's another thing too. Is like when you get into the world of working on you, you know, everything that people want to work on is union, mm-hmm. whether it's film or television or even you know streaming. So you're making sure to use union houses mm-hmm. and making sure that your vendors are union, and and so you're 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 starting your morning in North Hollywood, then you're driving over to Sony, then you're driving over to your vendor 
in Glassell Park. Then there's a production meeting downtown. Then you're driving to Woodland Hills. Now, for people that don't live in LA, that you need it's all yeah, over. You the need world. a helicopter for that. Yes. But you're doing that to make sure that you're checking on every single aspect of your job and showing your face and checking in. And very often people make jokes about the art department. It's like they're never on set. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason they're not on set is because they're building and preparing what you're going to be walking onto tomorrow and the next day. Yes. They're not chilling at home. They're not chilling at home. You know that set that you love? Well, we were doing that yesterday while you were across town. So that's sort of the lifestyle Mm -hmm. of the art department. They're always on trucks. They're always shopping. They're always building. They're Mm -hmm. always prepping and striking way before or way after the crew, the shooting crew, is on location. Yeah. Do you, you spend a lot of time in Home Depot? Um, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of time spent in home. Me, personally, mm-hmm. I don't. I no, don't spend okay, time but your team people. does. But, yeah, the construction department, like JB, who's on our on, on a lot of the shows that I do, and uh, our entire construction department, they're always at Home Depot. Because, and don't forget, producers and directors and writers and showrunners, they're always asking for last-minute stuff. There's mm-hmm. a lot of walking onto set and saying, wouldn't it be cool if we had a... Meanwhile, we don't, and yes. it's shooting in an hour, so it's running to Home Depot. Here we and, go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and... It, Wonderful little tip. If you guys are making things now, Home Depot has an app where you can just search for things. Because I was walking around looking for something, Mm -hmm. for some shoot, and I was like, I don't know where this is. And you know Home Depot, people don't talk to you. Uh So you build sets too? Yeah. So you know. I work a little bit on everything. Okay, good. Yeah, which is why I like this. That's really smart too. It's like if you move to L.A. or move to New York or even in your hometown, doing a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. I think is really important. I mean, I've always tried to do that, work on a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and for me, I enjoy it because, like, I consider myself a producer. Mm-hmm. So then with this, when I'm doing, like, small content or, or I'm hired on to larger projects, I can have a little bit of understanding of everything. Right. So let me ask you a question. So you're to show people at home. If you're at a party and I came up to you, oh, nice to Mary Lou. I love that name. Great name. Um, what do you do in I'm, a, I'm a digital content producer. Oh. What is that? Yeah. So I, I will... Produce photos or video for brands or for different companies or web series and things like that. Uh-huh. And I also host a show on the fly oh. filmmaking here at Popcorn Talk. Wow. And the audience loves it. So that <laughs> proves my point. That shows, uh, for everybody watching this, wondering how to move to L.A. or how to move to New York, the, the, I think the, 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 the biggest thing you can learn about how to be someone in a town like this is to figure out how to answer the question, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Because I cannot tell you, so many people, I meet them, and it's like, oh, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I, you know, I really want to be a writer, but mm-hmm. right now I'm working at the supermarket, and you know, it's really hard, and everybody here is a writer, and I don't really know how to do that. But I, you know, at, at some point, I am going to write my own thing. And by the time you've done that, the person you're talking to is gone. Yes. Maybe they haven't walked away, but they're not interested in you. If you confidently are shooting your own projects Mm -hmm. and you tell someone at a party or a barbecue or at the supermarket or a relative who calls you up and tries to get you like you know oh why did you move to LA you're never going to make it if you can confidently tell people yeah I'm a director and they're like oh really and you're like yeah I'm directing two shorts and I'm also working on um you know uh I'm, I'm working on Arrested Development as a PA they're like Oh. oh, you're legit. You're cool. Mm-hmm. You should meet my friend because he's a writer and the two of you would hit it off. That's how it happens. Yes, definitely. And I've had that happen to me because when I first moved to L.A., I came to be an actor. and like It, for, it didn't fit. So people mm-hmm. were like, so what do you do? And I'm like, I don't know. I think I want to act. And then for me, knowing I am a decisive person, I knew that wasn't exactly where I fit. Right. Because I, and it's okay I couldn't to say like... 
You can change your major. Yeah, because people do this. You say, well, I'm an actor, and they're like, oh, what are you working on? And you're like, oh, well, I'm taking acting classes, or, um, you know, and, and already you've lost them. But if you're like, well, actually, I just wrote my own screenplay, and we're shooting it this weekend, and mm-hmm. we're submitting it to three festivals, and I have a content producer who's going to uh, uh, do a big premiere for it mm-hmm. in uh, two months, you've either shut that person up because they're negative or you've enlightened that person who can then say, you should meet my friend who does PR. Mm-hmm. His name is Andrew. Yes. And he has a company, and he'll help you launch that premiere. Let me get your Facebook, and we'll hook the two of you together. Yeah. See how... It's you know, so great. And, then, yeah. and even in the world that we're in now with the internet and being able to put your art out there, you can accessibly make your own content while still working on the professional Oh, absolutely. Level. Do you know how many... Um, Insta- going back to Instagram, Instagram sketch comedy um, uh, accounts that I follow. Mm-hmm. And it's three friends anywhere in the country shooting their own things, uploading these little 45-second things. And they're hilarious. Yes. And they're great. And after doing it a while, they're probably going to screen it somewhere and someone might notice it. Yeah. And if they don't notice it yet... Maybe one of those people is working on a TV show where they can hand it off to someone who will like it. And maybe those people won't be the next Key and Peele, but they might be a writer or a producer. Or, or, or if nothing else, they'll have a respect for the process of the creation of film and TV because mm-hmm. they saw how hard it was. Yes. Yeah. So give a shout out to some of those accounts that you follow if you remember their names. Oh, now you're putting me on the yeah. spot. I'm going to have to look. Okay. Yeah, I'm going right. to have to look. You tell me afterwards. Yeah, and I'll I will tell you. On, I will tell you, and I will tell you. Um, you know, lately I've been following. Well, one that you're not going to believe. You know who Pat Benatar is? Yeah. So her daughter, uh, Hannah, has a Instagram account that has dozens of these hilarious 45 second in, like relationship sketches of uh-huh. like he said she said or like the guy is a total goof and she's calling him on it and it looks like they shot it in an afternoon and they uploaded it to Instagram and tens of thousand people are liking it and watching it and laughing and I'm like good for her mom's famous do you know what I mean yeah. like for doing her own thing and here's the daughter who's saying I live in LA I know all these people and I'm going to I'm going to make my art and mm-hmm. do my own thing and be hilarious and not be judged for it and yeah. just have fun. That's yeah. great. And I really think that you should be doing that, and especially with social media, and you want to work in entertainment, you want to work in production. Whatever it is that you do, you can just go do it at your level. Mm-hmm. And you do it, you get better, you learn more, and then you're visible. And you might learn that you hate it. Yeah, you might be like, oh, I forget hate this. this. I need a full-time job with a 401k and benefits and four weeks vacation a year and I want to buy a house and get the heck out of LA, I can't stand it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could do that too. Mm -hmm. It's okay. That's fine. It's fine, as long as you did it. Mm -hmm. Because what you don't want to be is someone who said, I should have moved to LA or I should have finished that screenplay or I should have written that, you know, I should have directed that short that weekend when somebody offered. You just have to do it. Yes. Yeah, succeed because or no- fail, you have to do it. Succeed or fail. There's nothing worse than being at that birthday party and people saying, so how's L.A. going? Mm. Do you know? And you're like, well, it's really tough and I haven't really met anyone and I'm not doing my thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's hard out there and it's so competitive. I always tell people you should love the fact that Hollywood is a is an is a industry town mm-hmm. and that everybody that works at Ralph's or everybody that works at Home Depot has a screenplay. That's awesome. That mm-hmm. means you're in the right place. You're and that right means place. that that person could be the next whomever, you yeah. know, overnight success. And there's room for everyone to succeed. You know, like, you, if you work for it, that there's, there's enough out there, there's enough audience for everyone to... And going to back to what I said before, I didn't know any of this. 
until the age of 22, mm-hmm. 21, I didn't know any of this existed. I yes. thought that I was going to be an illustrator with a portfolio like in Mad Men doing little you know, paintings in a little loft downtown yeah. if I was lucky. I didn't even know any of this existed. So I think if you already pay attention to the credits at the end of a sh- movie or a TV mm-hmm. show, um, you already know that the, that every single one of those credits are union jobs that people have 401ks and pensions mm-hmm. and job security and it's an industry for you whether you're an electrician or if you yes. are, a, are a contractor or if you're interested in um, uh, mechanics or anything mm-hmm. all those jobs exist and let's say you're a driver jobs. let's say you like to drive cars you could go into the transpo mm-hmm. department do you know what I'm saying yes. like it's there's a lot of opportunity in production not mm-hmm. just art department yeah and people like like you were telling your story about your parents saying like you got to go get a real job well mm-hmm. you did Yes. You did. Yeah, and it it's wasn't. sad though because I actually meet a lot of young people who get who who don't grow up around anybody in the entertainment industry and they get a lot of pressure from family and friends saying mm-hmm. that that's not real work and you need to get a real job and um and you're just dreaming and when are you going to wake up? You know, I my guidance counselor in high school wouldn't even send my um uh application to school visual arts because she said, "Well, you should go to a state school." And major in this and minor in the arts just so you can get it out of your system. You know, so like even yeah. at the guidance counselor level, people are getting this 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 notion that working in the arts is somehow not real. Yet those are the same people that are going to the, see Wonder Woman every weekend or going uh-huh. home and watching Game of Thrones. And it's like, well, how the heck do you think that that got made? I think who about made that all that? the time for the, the people who are naysayers on what the entertainment industry, like not being a real job, not being a real career path. They're the ones that are enjoying our work the oh, most. Oh, my goodness. They're buying the popcorn. Yep. They're buying the you, tickets. You're they're going to the Comic-Con and buying all the figurines. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the Comic-Con people, though, they get it. Yeah. But I think that the, the sort of, like, you know, when are you going to get a real job types mm-hmm. have never looked at the credits on a, yeah. on a show and realized that those are all union jobs with a minimum pay. Mm-hmm. And, like, you could and should I feel like you could and should do that even if you have the slightest um, interest you should try it out yes you should definitely do it so good great advice Uh, I want to get into production triumphs and fails (laughs) and we were talking about one uh, for you earlier from a Key and Peele one again right uh, that we, we pulled up on your Instagram. They'll, they'll pull oh that up goodness. on the screen. Okay. Um, but uh, tell us about that. There was something with a wrecking ball. Right. Well, I don't want you to think that every single thing that I've uh, failed on or, or, or had uh, um, failures on is, is key and peel. No, but, we've got but, lots know, of other ones. But just the ones. so many failures. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, when you mentioned that to me, I immediately thought of this sketch where we were shooting in a high school theater and um, Jordan, once again, was um, giving a speech on a stage. And at the end of the sketch, a wrecking ball swings out from the ceiling and smashes in him, into him and hurls him across the stage. And that's directly from my Instagram. So on the left, what you see there is, again, me with my moleskin on a scout. The director saying we want a massive... Um, uh, wrecking ball flying in and that's me sketching it showing it to him he goes yes that's exactly what I want it to look like and from that like the process before making it figuring out how big it's going to be what the materials are made up how the vendor is going to make it so that wrecking ball was stuffed all with foam right and it was skinned with a latex and then one of the Tony Egan the best scenic painter in all of Hollywood spent days 
aging it to make it look rusty and aged and textured and all this kind of stuff. We go on our tech scouts. We, we do all our, our recon that we have to do to make sure that this set is going to be great. There, that shot was scheduled for the evening, and they were shooting across the, the property, uh, shooting another sketch. And the truck shows up, and wow, everybody, this looks so good. We're so excited. Meanwhile, none of us on, in any of the art departments or the grip department or anything looked to see if there was like a, a loading garage or a doorway that could fit oh, this, no. um, this awesome wrecking ball. <laughs> so there was eight grown men and women sweating, trying to push this through a doorway. And, you know, that's like six feet wide, pushing it through a doorway and saying, this isn't going to work. What are we going to do? We have to tell someone. And I'm like, do not tell anyone. No. No one in production is allowed to know that this is happening right now. It's going to make us look stupid. It's going to turn into a big nightmare. And I'm never going to hear the end of it. And I'm going to be mortified. Yeah, we'll make it in. So like an orange, we took a razor blade to it and peeled it like an orange, peeled all the rubber back, took the foam out, cut the foam into pieces like an orange, (laughs) brought it through the door, put it back together, used hot glue to put it to... Tony was there painting the seams, strung it up to the ceiling, and at that moment, you hear on the walkie, all right, we're moving on. And 10 minutes later, they were in that room shooting that sketch and rehearsing with that very picture. And the reason I took that picture is because that was 10 minutes after it was like in 100 pieces on the floor. That's great. Yeah, so that is a... Fail that slash is triumph on the fly. That is came on up with the, the solution. Fly. And 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 that like is a good thing. It's like don't go, don't you know? There, there's a time to tell production because they should get a heads up that they're going to be held up. And there's a time where it's like you know what? Let's keep this in our department, figure out a solution, and not tell everyone. Now I'm telling you. Yes, but because it you, succeeded, you you finished. Exactly, yes. it was a triumph fail for me. Yes, yeah, it was good. You you figured out a solution and problem solving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it's like so much of production is like, well, let's figure it out as we go. We there's no rules. I mean, even like within departments, I always like say like other departments have everything they need on their truck. Mm-hmm. So if someone says, "Can we get a flag? Can we get a light? Can we get a cord?" It's yeah. on the truck. For the art department, nothing exists. Nothing is on the truck. It's all somewhere in found, a thrift built, store or... made. And then even when you get it at the thrift store, you have to age it mm-hmm. and 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 change it around to work for camera and age it down and yeah. make sure it's cleared and all that. So everything that the art department does didn't exist before they did it. Everything. Yes. Even the walls. You yeah. know, like everything that you can imagine. Doesn't exist. Yeah, yep. I remember I, I used to do a lot of 48-hour film festivals. Oh and I would God, like be the scary. one that I'm like, okay, we need an hourglass. We need a police station. We have an apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what? Okay, so I would go out and I'm like pulling all these things and printing stuff out the internet, mm-hmm. finding like old looking frames. Like I made mm-hmm. a bedroom look like a police station. It's a very mm-hmm. simple police station, mm-hmm. but yeah, but that's you know, you okay. Make it happen. The, one of the one of the things that I advise myself all the time to do, and like young people who are always like, well, how can this? How can I make something look great if I don't have a budget? You know, you have to be really clear with drawings and storyboards with your director and your DP as to what. You what they are going to see, so you're not overbuilding. Mm-hmm. You're not building twice the amount of set that they're going to shoot, or you're not uh, trying to be a hero and design this big set that you can't afford, right. and then it looks sparse. So if you're on a scout, and I always make sure that I interrupt everyone and say, "Okay, what are we going to see in here? Is this a fourth wall? Are we going to see the ceiling? Are we going to see the floor?" Oh, we're just seeing that wall. Oh, so right. you're, so you're you're serious with me? We're just seeing that wall. So and I draw it out in my moleskin. Okay, here's the wall. Here's the chair. Here's the bed. Here's the window. You're just seeing that. Do we want to return? No return. It's straight off lock off shot. Okay, 
that's what you build and that's what you dress. Yes. Now, you always come with an extra painting or an extra piece of fabric or a curtain because inevitably every DP, no matter who they are, and every director in the history of production has walked on set and they go, oh, but we want to turn the camera this way. And you say, well, on the scout, you said, oh, no, 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 we were always, it was always the plan to shoot this, to shoot this 360. Uh-huh. And you want to pull your hair out because it was 12 hours ago where they said they don't need it. Yes. Everybody does it. It happened to me today, mm-hmm. hours before I got here. Um, but that's why you're like, well, you know what? I have a curtain and we have a tree Great. and we have a roll of carpet. We're going to throw it in there. We're going to make it look great and then you're the hero yes yeah definitely and, and on projects that i've been on where something like that happens i'm like okay let me just do a loop around this place that we're shooting and i'm like okay this the, they don't mind if we use this i still place. do that to every day every day to every every single set to this day i i scour the location mm-hmm. if we're on location and i sort of like borrow some stuff that they have the water yeah. cooler or the, yeah 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 so and that's something that i noticed from your uh some of your set photos like so with the downward dog, uh, just add magic and and workaholics, like very mm-hmm. detailed, like very, very alive. Like the mm-hmm. office and downward dog, you know, mm-hmm. looks very alive. The workaholics one, there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, just add magic. There, I think we had a photo of the store, right? Mama P's uh, it, store. It's mm-hmm. just like very full and alive, and that's all part of your design. Or is yeah, that so it's funny you mentioned dressing? all three of those shows: workaholics, mm-hmm. downward dog. He and um, uh, Just Add Magic, all three were shows that could have looked like whatever. Mm-hmm. So there weren't any expectations for a primetime show about a talking dog as far as it looked on ABC. For a kid's show on Amazon, there wasn't an expectation of, you know, kid's shows look like kid's mm-hmm. shows. Um, workaholics, it's some guys that work in an office and, you know, they don't have m- much money. So there weren't the expectations. So what I love about my team and my set decorators and the, the energy that we bring to it is we go, let's redefine these genres. Let's go crazy. Let's not sleep. And let's make sure that we are treating it, whether it's a primetime network show, um, which has a certain look that we're not crazy about, mm-hmm. or it's a kid's show on Amazon, let's treat them like they're cinema. Let's treat them like they're indie films. So Downward Dog, we, we approached, I approached, and the team approached as if it was an indie film from okay. the 90s. Yeah. And we made sure that texturally all the colors and the lighting and the, the set dressing and the layers and the aging all felt sort of documentary style almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Key and Peel, I'm not Key and Peel, um, Just Add Magic, kid's show, no bright colors, no major contrast. Mm-hmm. Everything is aged. Everything is uh, coming from a real place. And people are like, well, but it's a kid's show. It doesn't need to... Yes, that's our aesthetic, and that's the way we're doing it. Workaholics, everything that you see on Workaholics was, you know, like the set decorator and art director um, on that show, Julie Drock and, and Bianca Farrow. Both people, we're all just like film nerds. So we're like, even though we're doing a Comedy Central show, about three doofuses working in a in an office let's treat it like it's cinema let's treat it like it's film so when you watch those shows there's a um uh, a branding that we like to do Mm -hmm. um that is basically us saying we know what people expect let's take it 10 times further than what people expect and then they walk on set the executives and stuff they're like wow this looks so good it looks like a feature it's like we we know and they're like where did the money come and they're like there wasn't any extra money we just approached it Mm -hmm. not as a throwaway but as if we were doing a a a hundred million dollar feature film like we were doing harry potter 
you know, we approach Just Add Magic like we're doing Harry Potter mm-hmm. every single set. Yeah, and it looks so good. Yeah. It really adds something to that. Yeah. 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 I like that. So is there a project that you've done in your career that you're like, man, that is my favorite. That's Well, like Key and Peele will always be. Key and Peele was every there, single. the fact that it changes all the time? Well, Key and Peele was every single genre in every single time in history. Yeah, we have one where they were like pirates. And yeah, the pirates. Like... And, you know, the pirates, quickly, I'll tell you quickly about pirates that sort of surmises everything we've talked about today is that we're doing all those sketches and we're working our tail off and it's coming to the end of the seven weeks. And on that seventh week, we were scheduled to do the pirates sketch. And by then, everybody is exhausted. And production meetings are... A, distant, distant memory. And the Tech Scouts were weeks ago, yet we have this major sketch coming up called Pirate Shanty, which is a musical that takes place on like a Pirates of the Caribbean ship, and and there's people flying from the sky, and there's music, and there's costumes. Well, nobody in any of the departments, Beth Morgan in costumes and and uh, Peter Atencio, our director, had a lot of time to like sit down and like, let's look at drawings, and let's let's you know, let's really make sure that we're all on the same page. Uh, well, Peter was because he's the director and he it, he knows that his yeah. team is going to pull it off. But speaking for myself, I know that like there wasn't a lot of time to really map that out. And so we get to the location where we're shooting, which is just sort of a, a restaurant. And we've got trucks of set dressing and the crew is showing up at seven o'clock in the morning and our department is there at 4 a.m. and we have three hours to dress it and build it and set deck it and make it perfect for crew and the doors are locked. <gasps> and um, we n- couldn't get locations on the phone or um, maybe we were there too early. I can't even remember. Maybe we were supposed to be there at five. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got there an hour early. And um, so we broke in. Oops. We had yeah. broke the lock because we had to do it. <laughs> we apologized later. Again, I probably shouldn't be telling you that, but we did. We broke in. And we had three hours. We built that whole pirate shanty set that you see there with all the layer and the detail and the barrels and the texture and the aging and the painter is doing all this stuff. At 9 o'clock, cameras are up, and that was that picture you're looking at there was on the monitor. And you can imagine the director, Charles Charles Pappert, the, the, the cinematographer, and Beth Costumes, and the grips and the prop master are all standing at the monitor looking at that shot mm-hmm. saying... Look what we did. Yes, it looks oh so good. Oh my god, we are such a well-oiled machine. Like we are like the Beatles. Yes. This is amazing. How did we pull this off? And the reason we pulled it off is because we knew what each other would bring and mm-hmm. that would be the A game. Yes. And sadly, the series ended like a couple weeks later and like we went out, I feel like we went out on that sketch and when people hear the story that there wasn't more budget or more time for that sketch, it just was yet another one, but we pulled that off. I think that um, is what I'm most proud of, is the ability to, on the fly, just make it happen. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing cool. that. Yeah. Even yeah. though you I'll might get, get in trouble. trouble. I'll get in trouble. You know. Sorry. It's out there. Not, and we're not condoning breaking into your locations when you show up too early. Right. We're also not condoning not but, talking thoroughly with the other department heads. We're yeah. not, yeah. You know. <laughs> Oops. It's, uh, you know. Get in trouble. It, honestly, in, in production, sometimes you have to, uh, keeping safety in mind, but sometimes you have to, like, get it done. And so breaking in, you know, breaking in to that location, I said, I'll take the blame. It'll be my fault. We'll buy them a new lock. It was a padlock, so it wasn't like we broke a window or anything. It was like we cut a padlock. Oops. Yes. Um, and I was fully prepared to be in trouble for it. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No yeah. one was going to get hurt. Right. You have to, like, nobody, you're not putting someone in danger and you know what the repercussions It was four could o'clock be. in the morning and there were raccoons, like, sleeping <laughs> outside, like, chasing us. It was crazy. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So then let's wrap up with any other advice you might have to creators out there. Oh. You know, you've given a lot already mm-hmm. as far as go try everything, be a PA, but any, any other kind of advice to somebody who's creating at home mm-hmm. and they need to do some production design? Yeah. Um, well, I think that the, the biggest comment I always get from people is, well, I don't know anyone. I don't know mm-hmm. anyone in television, and I'm just doing this thing, and I like it, but I don't know who to show it to. I don't know who to share it with. And uh, so I tell, I tell everybody that asks me that to um, – one of the best resources for everybody that's free is called IMDb. Mm-hmm. So I tell everyone to think of your favorite shows. Oh, you like Game of Thrones? Oh, you like Breaking Bad? Oh, you – you know, whatever, whatever it is, you go on IMDb, and you disregard those actors – Disregard the writers. Mm-hmm. We don't care about them. We're going to scroll down to cr- the other cr- all cast and crew. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to look at some of the people that are listed there. And those people are people just like you and me who are passionate about our work and who show up to work every day and are doing what maybe you want to do at home. And it's very easy to you know, click on either the department head or maybe the assistant prop master or maybe mm-hmm. the set decorator or maybe the uh, the PA on the show and find their email address. It's all very easy. Everybody knows how to do that. And send them an email and say, hi, my name is Susan. I live in Kansas. I shoot these videos. I'm a fan of your work. I love the shows that you work on. I don't know anyone in Hollywood, but I'd just be curious to pick your brain for a minute or if I'm ever in Hollywood, take you for a cup of coffee or come by for a set tour. I know that might sound like a lot, but I'm, I'm I'm really interested in doing this as a career. And you'll find that maybe not everybody will write back, but the right people will write back to you or Mm -hmm. give you a call or shoot you something on Instagram. And the next thing you know, you, who are doing your things in the middle of nowhere that don't know anyone in entertainment, have a relationship with someone in L.A., in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. or in New York, or Toronto. And as long as you're not crazy and writing all the time as long as you're professional and keeping in touch with them. I mm-hmm. tell people keep I don't know I have a job for you now, but keep in touch and send me your resume and let me know what you're mm-hmm. doing. And I've had a dozen or so people over the last five or six years that I've mentored and helped get to the next level in the entertainment industry by doing that. Wonderful. Reach out, make some connections, but keep making your work so you have something to talk about. Right. You have to have something to talk about. You have something to talk about, you have something to show you show that your passion is actually being approached in a way that is not just like, I wish. You know, you're, right. you're out there, you're doing things. Yeah, there's no excuse for like, I don't know anyone, my parents don't want me to do this, I don't have any money, um, I'll never I'll never be able to do what I'm doing. You know, just, mm-hmm. just do it. You know, have a screening at your house. You know, if you're making all these awesome Instagram videos or YouTube videos or whatever you're making and they're awesome sketches, compile them all, mm-hmm. have a screening party at your f- house on a Friday night, Project it on the wall, serve some popcorn and water. Water, maybe, I don't know. You know, and, and all of a sudden you're having a movie screening yes. of your work. And all of a sudden everybody that shows up says, Wow, you're a director. That's great. Like, you know, a lot of it is the, the satisfaction of having people acknowledge your work. Yes. And thank you so much. Wow.
We got a lot of applause, applause. today. A lot of applause wow. today. It's great. And look, it does, now they're standing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you, Gary, for joining us today. I think we've learned a lot about production cool. design and production in general. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. If you guys have any other questions, put them in the comments. Let us know. We'll Instagram message uh, Yeah, I'm Gary always around. I'm always on set. I'm one of those people with my phone. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, Instagram is uh, Gary Corden, and my website is GaryCorden.com. And, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm always on it before I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning. Nice, so, and you can see yeah. his work all over. Yeah, everywhere. I have Ghosted coming up October 1st on Fox, mm-hmm. and I have Just Add Magic premiering next year. And, uh, yeah, and then you can always find everything else on Hulus and YouTubes yes. and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am Mary Lou Mandel. You can find me all over the Internet at Mary Lou Mandel, and we will see you next time on On the Fly Filmmaking. Great. From producers Maria cool. Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.